Can we just give God the best praise of today? Because he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. I didn't think it could get any better here. Um, I know now early you guys will stand until I say you would be seated so you could be seated. <laughs> Man, I am so, so excited to be here at Downey. This is my first time at our Downey campus. Amen. It is just wonderful. The Lord is, is thick in here. And I just love how just in Sacramento and in Downey, we're of the same spirit. We're just aligned. Order precedes overflow. I know God is doing a new thing here. Man. So, yes, I am Elijah Lewis, Pastor Elijah. I first want to honor your campus pastors here as well. Can you give them a clap offering as well? Just the greatest leaders and ministers and just their stewardship. I also want to shout out to our lead pastors, Pastor Sam and Eva Rodriguez. Amen. And also, happy 35th birthday again, Pastor Sam. It is his birthday today. Yes, yes, yes. He keeps saying every year he turns 35, but yeah. Um, yes, uh, me and Pastor Sam, he is one of my spiritual fathers as well as uh, Pastor Eva. So it's just a God thing how we've become connected. Um, I actually went to elementary school with his son, um, Pastor Nathan, and you know, we were just friends. It's just elementary school. And then I actually moved to Atlanta for a few years until my um, sophomore year. I came back, still didn't keep in touch, moved back to Atlanta until my second year of college, came back. And I was trying to find a home church. And uh, my mom and I, we lived in Elk Grove. And we saw a new season. And at the time, the campus that we have now is not the campus that we were at. So we had to rent a a uh, out from a church in Elk Grove. And so that was for two weeks uh, when I got there. And then about a month went by, and I just kept looking at Nathan. And I'm like, man, you look so familiar. And then he looked at me, and I'm like, you look familiar too. And then right then and there, I just imagined him in his school clothes. And I said, Nathan. And he said, Elijah. And he was like, well, what are you doing now? I said, well, I play college basketball at William Jessup University. I'm majoring in pastoral ministry. And he said, stop, bro. I go to William Jessup University. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then fast forward, a few years go by, um, not planned. We actually get married a month apart from each other. And my middle brother and his youngest sister actually got married last year. And so they just celebrated um, our niece's first birthday yesterday. Yeah, so it's just a God thing, how he just, he just plays a part in it. You don't know what he's doing, but we know he's doing something. Amen. A um, little bit about myself. Again, I am one of the te teaching pastors uh, in Sacramento. Um, I've been working in education for a few years. How many of us know that this next generation needs a spiritual covering? They're going through so, so much right now. We need to ask Christ followers be we need to rise up right now and rebuke every lie of the enemy. I think TikTok is the devil, like <laughs> completely. Um, so I've been in everywhere in education. I've been an athletic director. Um, I've been a teacher. I've actually coached college basketball for a few years. And presently, I'm a dean of students at an elementary school right now in Sacramento. I am the oldest of four boys. Uh, my mom is actually here, my mommy, yes. <laughs> My armor bearer, 
Yes, yes, yes. My mom, I know everybody thinks their mom is the best. My mom is the best. She is. She is the GOAT. She's always on the run for us. Like, literally, she, she's a labor and delivery nurse, so she works 12-hour shifts. And she will fly to watch my middle brother play in the USFL, fly back to watch my youngest brothers, who are twins, play in their sporting events, and then fly to see with me her oldest baby preach a sermon. Like, she's, she's got that supernatural rest. I don't know how she's doing it. Don't know how she's doing it. But that's the where my foundation of faith comes from. I come from a line of just prayer warriors, and they're all our matriarchs. A shout out to all the women who just intercede early. Just intercede early. This literally, when I was two, I, my, my, my mom can attest to it. My first words wasn't mommy or daddy. My Nana had me saying, no, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So now I'm 30. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Nothing. There's nothing my God can't do. I am uh, been a husband for four years now um, to my beautiful, beautiful wife, who I call my better whole, Raquel. She's so upset she couldn't be here. She's seen all of my uh, sermons and preachings, but it's a good reason she's not here. We're actually expecting our first child next month from today. Yes. Very, very exciting time in my life. Um, very, very exciting time in my life. Just God is just doing a new thing. Just he's so intricate. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't. And we get so caught up in the minutia of everything. And we just got to, gotta, hey, I got you. And so this, this birthing season we've been in, he's been stretching us and, and moving us. And it's just been amazing. Uh, I will say, though, no one told me about the pregnancy symptoms. Not that the woman get, but the men get. I'm so confused. I, I, honestly, I heard everything about the woman. She's going to, you know, she's going to want ice cream and pickles. And she's going to, you're going to crave. She's going to have different cravings and mood swings. And she's going to um, have to stretch. And her back's going to hurt heartburn. I understand that. But why do I have those symptoms? <laughs> like, I, I, I caught myself um, just recently. I, I'm gaining some weight. I'm gaining some weight. And I was putting on my jeans and, you know, you don't really realize it until you look in the mirror. And I had to stop myself because I looked like my wife, putting, just doing all that stretching and doing all I said, ooh, I'll rebuke those calories in the name of Jesus. We will not do that. Um, but I will say the best part of this, this pregnancy season is I was introduced to the pregnancy pillow. Does anybody know what the pregnancy pillow is? That, right, that thing is anointed. If you ain't never had no, you want some everlasting rest, some peace that transcends all understanding, go get you a pregnancy pillow. Invest, invest, invest. So back at our new season campus in Sacramento, uh, Pastor Sam recently came back from sabbatical uh, for a month, and he started this new series that's just been on fire. Uh, Fresh oil, holy fire, and new wine. Everything is coming together for you in this season. And he's concentrating on the three anointings, the three different anointings of David. You have the anointing of assignment, the anointing of acceptance, and the anointing of advancement. That's that AAA anointing. And what I'm going to do is we're going to, I'm going to give a quick synopsis on what Pastor Sam has been teaching. And it's going to lead us into the passage that we're just going to exegete 
and dive right into, which would be Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. And so in 1 Samuel, you know, you have the prophet Samuel, and he's going to anoint David. So at the time, Saul had already been anointed to be king, but Saul, you know, he was a 21st century narcissist, very egotistical, very prideful, very full of himself to the point where he actually dethroned himself, tripped over his own anointing, and the spirit of the Lord was snatched away from him. And so God tells Samuel after some time, okay, enough mourning, go get your flask of oil because I have chosen a new king to lead the people of Israel. And so Samuel left to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse where he had eight sons. And he enters in and he sees the, the, the seven sons and he looks first at one man. I think that's him because, you know, tall, handsome, same like Saul. We don't want to make the same mistake. God doesn't give him the head nod that this is it. So the prophet Samuel bypassed all seven sons. And so now he's kind of confused. Hey, Jesse, you know, God sent me here on an assignment. He told me one of your sons would be anointed to be king and lead the people of Israel. Is this all your children? I know you almost got a football team here, but do you have any more? And he tells him, well, yeah, I do have my youngest son. He's out with the flock, tending the sheep. And so Samuel says, okay, so we're all just going to stand and wait. We won't continue with our day until David returns. And so David returns a little later, and as soon as he walks in, God gives the prophet Samuel the head nod. This is him. This is the one that I've chosen to lead the people of Israel. And so right then and there, Samuel anoints David privately in front of his entire family. I'm going to end us right there. And so the important part piece to this is really put yourself in context of the situation. David is a shepherd. He walks from in from the from tending to sheep, smelling like sheep, right? Dirty. And then the prophet Samuel says, you, you are the one that God has chosen to be king. I don't know about you, but me, I would be shooketh. I'm not ready. <laughs> Why? But David has the mindset that we as Christ followers need to all emulate. He never asked why. He had a spirit of yes in the absence of why. See, David was anointed to be king, but he didn't just become king. So even in that way, I would be feeling some type of way myself. So you come all the way this way. I don't know you. You're a random stranger. You are. You tell me I'm going to be king. I'm going to lead the people of Israel, but then I don't lead the people of Israel. See, there's a preparation season that comes with the, the anointed assignment. So right after, he went right back to the field to prepare. It wasn't until almost a decade later that David actually sat on the throne. And so the purpose of this is to go through that preparation that us as Christ followers sometimes we don't pay attention enough or not intentional enough for our assignment. So we're going to look at Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And it's a pretty popular parable from Jesus. So I've read this a 
a bunch of times. Like, I went to college for pastoral ministry. I have a minor in Bible and theology. Like, I love, love scripture. I love the breakdown. And the revelation God was just been giving me as I've been preparing for this message, like, I can't wait to tell Pastor Sam, this is our new movie idea right here. This is a gospel comedy. So I want you guys to just see it while I paint the picture. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five people were foolish, didn't take enough olive oil for the lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take a long extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give me some, some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Dear Heavenly Father, right now I just pray for every person in this building listening and watching, Father God. I pray that our heart posture be unto you, Lord. We're open to receiving everything you have for us, God. I pray we get out of our own way and let you intercede our bodies, Lord. I pray you bless this message, God. I pray I decrease as you increase in my life, Lord. Use me as your mouthpiece for your people, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. So we're talking about the anointing of assignment. And we know that the preparation was the same for all of them. How do we know that? Because in the first verse, it says all of the bridesmaids prepared their lamp. But the preparation was different for both groups. So when you get an assignment, we know preparation is key, right? So I know you guys remember being back in school. And it really depended on who also was given the assignment. I used to have um, everybody wanted to be in Miss Jones' class, right? Miss Jones' class was an easy A. You could cruise in that class. No preparation required. I'm not bringing a backpack, let alone a pencil and paper. I know I'm a pass. But you knew it shifted when you went to that other teacher, Mr. Vega. And he gave out the syllabus the first day. And you know immediately, okay, I'm going to have to be intentional about this preparation. I'm going to have to sacrifice some of my time. I can't risk procrastination or I'm going to fail. And so what happens is we get caught up in the preparation and, and not understanding that we actually have the answers to the test. You see, this is an open book test. God has given you everything you need inside of it. You just have to read it. And so most of us, we don't read the word. And so when we are going through that preparation in life, 
we cannot reference the word. So when you read the word, the word fills you up. So when it looks like chaos around you, I can remember 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to worry about what's going around me. You are up against an obstacle, right? A trial, a storm. But if I don't read the word, I don't know that if God is for me, who can be against me? You are feeling in the depression state. You're feeling doubtful and anxious. But if I don't know the word, I can't reference Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Give all your requests to me, and I will give you the peace that transcends all understanding. The answers are in the test. We have to be intentional. We have to be all in. God is not looking for a part-time Christian. There's a saying in my household that we were taught very young in my family. You are either in or in the way. You do not want to be in the way of God. You want to be with God. You have to study. You have to prepare. It is in that preparation season that the preparation, it precedes your blessing. You have to prepare for the blessing. We get caught up in God. I want this. I want that. I mean, we pray for it. We want things all the time. But if God get, has given you things, those things, without the preparation, he's giving you things during your test. You're just going to fumble your testimony. You don't want to fall short. You don't want to trip over your own anointing. You don't want the Lord, spirit of the Lord to be snatched off of you. You don't want your covering canceled. And we, we have to pay attention to the things that God is telling us in the scripture. So what I mean by that is when it's about preparation, it's simple to the fact that I'm preparing because I'm invested. I don't prepare for things I'm not invested in. I love to eat. I love to eat. Now, me getting fast food, I haven't really invested in that. Not prepared. But my dad's gumbo, I have invested in that. And guess what? It takes time. It's slow cooked. It's got to marinate. It's got to go through some things. It's got to be seasoned. It's got to have some flavor. The things that God has you in right now is going to take time. And we see that in verse 5. So what happens? The five foolish and the five wise, they all get their lamps, right? But the bridegroom was delayed. So what did they do? They fell asleep. Now, I don't know about you, but... I don't know how many times God gives us an assignment with no due date. He gives us something, a promise, a purpose, tells us to do something, but he doesn't tell us when it's going to happen. He doesn't give us the time. And I think he does this on purpose. This is a testing portion. This is to test your faith. See, it's okay to get tired while waiting for God. It's okay to get tired while waiting for God. But it's not okay to get tired of waiting on God. 
the Bible says that those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It's okay to have a waiting period while you're preparing. Are you prepared for your assignment with the absence of why? So if we continue in Matthew 25, 6, and again, keep it, keep it in context and, and truly visualize what's going on right now. Because this is going to be, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be one of Pastor Sam's movies. So we got the bridesmaids, the foolish, the wise. They both prepare. One prepares extra oil. The other one just prepares their regular oil. They fall asleep. And then verse 6. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all us to do. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Okay. So now they've been woken up. I'm woken up out of my sleep. The assignment is due. I'm trying to get the, the, the stink out of my eye. You know, I got to make sure my breath not hot. I got to light my lamp again. And the five foolish have now realized that their oil has run out. And so what do they do? They ask the others for their oil. See, the preparation was different. The five foolish prepare for their now. The five wise prepare for their now and their next. They ask, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. I don't know how many times, again, I'm going to keep using this, this school analogy. I can't get away with this education where You've been preparing, you've been grinding, up early mornings, up late nights, just studying, hustling, doing everything you can to prepare. And then you come in and it's a pop quiz. Oh my God, the assignment is due, but I've been preparing. But you've been seeing some of your other classmates, what they've been doing, sleeping on the phone, skipping class, and you know those classmates you used to have, as soon as the assignment starts, psst, hey, what's number three? Let me, see, just, let me see your paper. The answer is no. I'm not giving you my answers. You didn't put in on this. You didn't prepare for this. I didn't been through too much. You ain't been up early like me. See, For me, there are three things that I will not share. My food, my wife, and my oil. Now I'll break that down why. My friends know. My friends know me so well. Don't ask Elijah for no, for no food. You're right. I'm not going to give it to you. I will buy your own, but I'm not going to give it to you. The simple fact is, if we show up to a restaurant, we all had the same opportunity. Right? We all got the, we see the same menu. And I don't know about you, but when me and my wife go out and we're looking at the menu, hey, babe, what are you going to get? I'm going to get this. I know what I want. Okay, I'm going to get this. Okay. Food comes, and as soon as my fork hits my plate, can I have some? The answer is no. But it's the same with 
your oil. And so that's why I know that the foolish were actually foolish because the oil cannot be shared. From Genesis to Revelation, from Old Testament to New Testament, the oil represents your anointing. The anointing is heaven's authority upon your divine assignment. Tell your neighbor, your oil can't be shared. See, there's a price to this oil. There's a price to it. There's a price of preparedness to it. You've been through too much pain for this oil. You've been broken for this oil. You've been in and out of storms for this oil. That oil is mine. So for me, I'm not going to share my oil. But also, I'm not going to take your oil as well. See, the, the people that are asking for the oil don't understand what you've been through. They want your connection, but not your corrections. They want what's in your hand, but not what's in your heart. They want your progress, but not your process. It comes with a price. See, this is my bag here. And Pastor Junior's right. I'm not trying to leave. But this is my bag. This is my oil. I've prepared this bag. This bag and I have been through some things. When I move, it moves. I don't leave anywhere without my oil. And you may look at it, man, that's, that's, you can't run that big thing. That must be a burden. Yeah, it's heavy, but my burdens are light. So you don't know this, this, this oil, this preparation I have is taking me places. It's taking me to my destiny. See, when you go to baggage claim and, you know, you can see your suitcase may be identical to another's and you lift it up. As soon as I do this, ooh, that's not for me. That's not mine. The problem is with, with us as Christians, we try to fight battles with someone else's anointing. You can't fight your giant with someone else's anointing. You can't get your breakthrough with someone else's praise. You cannot fulfill your purpose with someone else's promise. You cannot live out your destiny with someone else's identity. You have to wear your own anointing. You have to carry your own testimony. See, I know what's in here. I've packed it and unpacked it. I've packed it and unpacked it. I've unpacked fears and packed in my faith. I've unpacked my problems and packed in my praise. I've unpacked my worries and packed in my worship. I've unpacked my anxiety and packed in my anointing. Me and this bag have been through so much. I'm not leaving this bag. I'm not. We've been through too much. And you can look at him like, man, your bag is messy. Yeah, messy miracle. 
And, you know, when you're in that preparation season, sometimes it may look funky to others. It may look like it doesn't make sense. You be in this preparation season, you packing your bag. I compare my bag to like my mother. She has what I call a mom bag. We clown her all the time. We always roast my mom. Mom, why you always got all this bag? What, the, what you carrying this big bag for? But I tell you what, whatever we need is inside that bag. Whatever we need is inside that bag. And when you're in your preparation season, there will be times where you will be in a life layover that you didn't expect. And your preparation is key. See, I'm, 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 I'm laid over in life. That's okay. I packed a spiritual snack. My charge is dead. That's okay. I'm close to my source. I'm prepared in the absence of why. And as we continue in verse 9, this is the craziest thing to me, part probably in the whole parable with the foolish dude. The, the, the foolish did the most foolish thing. So we see in verse 9, they were told to go to the store, right, to get their oil. Now you can't have my oil. You better figure it out. You didn't put in on this. I got stake in the game. So verse 10, they actually leave. Now, reading it, you're like, well, they had to go get some oil. Uh-uh. Remember, the bridegroom is already there. They were woken up. They were told to go out and meet him. So they are trying to get oil, and so they leave, but the oil has arrived. Why do you try to look for your outsources instead of going to the source? And then you know what the time of day it was. Remember they fell asleep. It was midnight. It's dark outside. So they run away from the oil to go in the dark, but they also run away from the light. The light was upon them. He was here. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be leaving. We're going to have to Instacart some oil, you know, DoorDash, Donkey Dad, whatever it's going to happen. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving his presence. Because think about that. I know there have been plenty of times where, you know what, we just, we just came unprepared. We're not perfect. It's not perfection. It's progression. We're going to make mistakes. And when I would go talk to my teacher about an assignment, it was 100% all the time, always some grace factor when I still showed up. The problem is, they left. They left. And when they returned, because they got oil, they, left. they didn't show up. Okay, God, we finished our assignment. We're here now. The door is locked. Lord, Lord, come open the door for us. And God is so cold here. He says, believe me. I don't know you. 
this is a right here. When I was reading this with my mother, she can test to it. I said, okay, because he didn't let them in. This had nothing to do with love. This had nothing to do with caring, because we know they cared. They prepared something. They still went prepared. But it was that obedience. You didn't show up. You're, we're so worried about making sure we have everything that we need. When he says, come as you are, I am here for you. Stop focusing on what you lack and focus on what I've already put inside of you. Their access was denied. And you could think, well, God, you know, he was just being hard. No. You see, God may be the God of grace, but he is not the God of grace, period. Remember, there's no due date. With our car payment and our house payment and our bills, you know what happens if you, you, you don't pay it on time? You get a three-day notice. There is no notice here. There is no grace, period. I told you to be prepared and ready. Are you prepared for the assignment with the absence of why? As I'm beginning to close, I want to share something I found out about my baby a couple weeks ago and the absence of why. So, like I shared earlier, um, it's September 24th. My wife is due in exactly one month, October 24th. Um, this year, this pregnancy has been just a fairy tale. I turned 30. February 17th, and my wife surprised me that we were having a baby. The pregnancy has just been amazing because my wife, she hasn't had any, you know, sickness, no morning sickness, um, no heartburn. She's energized. My wife's a personal trainer, and so she's still active. She works out three times a week, still throwing weights. I'd be like, calm down, baby. You know, I want my baby coming in with a six-pack. And... In May, we have our gender reveal. And so we found out we're having a boy. And yes, I'm, and I'm juice. This makes me ecstatic. Reason being, my dad passed away when I was two. And I was his only son. And so me having a boy, it just is an opportunity so that I can continue the Lewis legacy. And so a couple of weeks ago, my mom, she treated us to a 4D ultrasound. I never do it. I don't know what that is. But she said, let's do a 4D ultrasound. And my next thing was like, mom, why we got to do a 4D ultrasound? And why is it $100? I got insurance. We just do the regular one. But she explained, you know, you get to see the baby's face, their movements, all these different things. I'm like, okay, that would be pretty cool. I, I, I would like to see that. And so... We go to the 4D ultrasound, and it is pretty cool. I was seeing our baby. It's blinking, moving around, sucking his thumb already. And you can see literally everything. I mean everything. To the point where we noticed something was missing. <laughs> see, my baby had 10 fingers, 10 toes, but no penis. 
I can't even lie. I was feeling some type of way. I was feeling some type of way. It's a girl. So the last four months, and you know, I, 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 I did question God. Why? It's not that I'm not excited about having a girl. I'm ecstatic about having a girl. But I thought I was having a boy. I was preparing for a boy. And two weeks prior, we just had the baby shower. What am I going to do with all these boy clothes? And so what happened was, you hear that? So what happened was, it wasn't the hospital's fault. So we did our blood work very early in our pregnancy, and we never looked at our results. Our families never looked at our results either. We had picked one friend to look at our results. And so our friend who was in charge saw the Y and immediately thought it meant XY. But the results actually said absence of Y, which means XX, a girl. And so I questioned God. And he told me, son, I gave you an assignment to be a father. So prepare for your assignment with the absence of why. So next month, I am expecting and preparing for my beautiful daughter, Nova Ray Lewis. And yes, 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 yes. So the last thing, I just want to encourage everyone when God gives you an assignment, don't question it. When he makes you wait, don't question it. Don't doubt it. He's doing it for a reason. I like to picture God as a blacksmith. And we're the steel, we're the sword. And he's hammering. He's hammering. He's putting you in the fire. He's, put, he's cooling you down. He's hammering. He's hammering. And that's, that's, a, that's a egregious process, right? You're going through some changes. You're going through some things that don't make sense. You're being molded a certain way. But what happens? You're then complete. He's working on you. On purpose for a purpose. Understand, he doesn't just wake you up. He doesn't, God doesn't waste his time. He doesn't make mistakes. You think he's going to waste his breath on you? You are here today by divine appointment. He's given you the breath of life. And it's not to just exist, but it's to live life abundantly. I am tired of this cute, comfortable Christian walk. We need to be more bold with our faith. We need to be a billboard for Christ in the streets. He's doing something in you. So do not doubt God. Don't be disrespectful to him. That's disrespectful. What are you doubting yourself for? He hasn't made mistakes. We make mistakes. He doesn't. So I tell you and I leave you right now. Don't doubt it. Don't have anxiety over it. Don't depress on it. Don't whine about it. Simply 
have a spirit of yes and the absence of why.